0: Welcome in, everyone, to a very special edition of the Final Score podcast, where this week we will remember the life and the career of the great Don Boyer. Uh, Coach Boyer passed away at the age of 75 on Saturday after a five-plus-year battle with Louis body uh, dementia. Uh, Coach Boyer was quite simply one of the most influential coaches uh, in, in all of Frederick County. He uh, coached cross-country and track and field at Middletown High School. Uh, for uh, close to 50 years and uh, over this next hour i hope to do as little talking as possible i'm going to rely on my uh, guests in the studio uh, to do that and and share some great stories uh, about don Uh, joining me now are a former pole vaulter and and longtime assistant of of don boyer uh, dale drum Uh, tom stevens a former uh, distance runner and a longtime assistant under don boyer at at Middletown, and uh, Hal Graw, uh, uh, one of Don's uh, closest friends and a uh, colleague and a a competitor. Uh, Hal uh, has a a list of great stories uh, that he could tell about Don, and um, I'm sure we won't get to all of them. So thank you guys uh, uh, for joining us uh, uh, this week uh, for for this uh, special episode of The Final Score and uh how when you th- when you think of don uh, what 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 comes to mind what what's the first thing that comes to mind
1: uh first thing that comes to mind is how important he was to the Middletown community uh both he and sharon um are about an integral as integral a part of that community as uh just about anyone and there's been some other uh, uh sports uh, coaches there uh uh, Ron, Ron Angle and of t- course t- Tim, Tim Ambrose. Ambrose. Right, yeah. uh and, Well, and Bob Sheffler. I mean, there's there's a plethora of. Yeah. Them. I mean, Middle the coaching yeah.
0: uh, tree of Middletown is a, a, a pretty uh, tall tree. So. Absolutely.
1: And um, and to me, uh, he, he was uh, if not the best, uh, one of the best uh, track coaches. But uh, even more important, was the person that he was. Um, you know, he was a great coach from the standpoint of. Uh, Winning championships and his athletes winning state championships and performing well, but um, it was his connection to the athletes, whether they were a state champion or whether they were a freshman for the running for the very first time. Uh, he treated everybody the same. Uh, he got the best out of everyone. He cared about every one of his athletes.
0: Yeah. How about How about you, Tom? What comes to mind yeah. when you think of Don? Just
2: what how uh, to add on to that. It was the same thing. Uh, Don would. His main thing was setting that individual's goals. It wasn't, you know, like he he loved to compete, so he did love to win and everything. But to him, winning also was if if one of, even if it was his slowest kid, just watching him have a PR and stuff like that. And, I mean, he celebrated that as, as much as he would. You know, someone went just as house at a, a state champ, an individual state champion, stuff like that. So that was one of the biggest aspects that I learned from him when I was coaching and stuff like that. And, uh, um, but uh, and, and like I said, Don was a very competitive person. It didn't matter what you were doing. It all became, you know, even if you're just playing ping pong or something like that. Uh, he would, he just loved to challenge whoever
0: he was uh, competing against. You, you, you're, you're the second one this week to mention ping pong to me because <laughs> Hal, Hal did as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah
1: we we used to play uh, some hellacious <laughs> ping pong games. Uh, where where the, would you play?
0: Uh, we would play,
1: uh, 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 we had four couples that kind of socialized together, uh, all, all coaches and their wives. Uh, this was back in the 70s and 80s. And um, so uh, two of us had ping pong tables in our basements. So, so we would, uh, when we ever got together for dinner or whatever, after dinner, we'd go downstairs and we'd, we'd play. And we played for hours, and it was no holes barred. It was, <laughs> it was you play basically until you dropped.
0: If Don lost in ping pong, how would he, how would he react?
1: Well, uh, well, it's hard to say because, because he didn't like losing. Okay, but he was also gracious. So, so we were we were friends enough that uh, we'd just have a good laugh about it. And when, when he
2: when he won, was it the same? Was it the same? Oh right? yeah, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When he lost, he probably wanted to play another game, one more game. Uh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. he had to he had to be <laughs> even, to even the, up the score at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had to win the last game. There was right? a lot of that. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, Dale, uh, you've been friends with Don for uh, for a number of years. When 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 you think of uh, Don Boyer, what comes to mind?
3: Well, as a young athlete, I think uh, many of us didn't really appreciate how well he knew his sport. It wasn't until I became um, able to coach alongside him and uh, view him uh, as a coach through the years that he really came to appreciate how well he knew his sport. And um, he also was very adamant about the, the finer details of an upcoming track meet, for example, We would sit down and practice the week before, and he would have the the entire meet scored pretty accurately, too. He would tell us where we needed to get extra points, where he expected points to come from, and and we uh, expected that we better get those points. Uh, Of course, track meets always uh, turn out a little different than you planned, but he was very accurate at that. And uh, to tag on to the ping pong thing uh, for years... The Boyers uh, hosted running camps for the cross-country team up at uh, a park outside of Rocky Gap, park outside of uh, Cumberland. And uh, it was quite a a big production as well. But ping-pong tables were transported up to the camp, and they were set up, and that was part of the evening um, entertainment. And Don was always eager to play whoever the best kid on the the cross-country team was. And uh, he wanted to show them how... How competitive he could be at that as well.
0: He he played he played basketball too, right? Uh, well, well not he yeah. shoot shoot hoops and and, and mm-hmm. he was a regular on the basketball court too, yeah. right,
2: Tom? And then in his younger days, he also played for the Frederick Falcons. He was a pretty good wide receiver. Yeah, because uh, of his running ability. Yeah, that's sure, what he, basically that's what he said. Though. He said that was the that, I had one pattern. Go long, Don. Go long.
0: <laughs> right. And, and, and Hal, I, and, and I'm sure Tom too. I, I know you guys probably spent hours on the phone with Don too, discussing track meets and, and things of that sort.
1: Yeah, I was going to tell Dale that uh, I'll take partial credit for that because back uh, back in those days there was no internet, so to get information about other track teams, you had to scour news. You had to get newspaper print from do it different, the old, different do it places. The old-fashioned way, right? Do, yeah. The old-fashioned way. And uh, so every every week, we would spend probably two two and a half hours uh, just talking back and forth about. Okay, uh, I got the results from this meet in Carroll County. I I have this connection over on the Eastern Shore. I know what these people are doing, and so we we would share that information, and uh, and that way he could go back and plug in. Uh, you know what what his lineup was going to be based on you know who who we were they were competing against and I would do the same thing my team and uh so w- we kind of shared information and uh, of course on our phone conversations I'd try and dig as much information <laughs> out of him you know, for what his lineup was going to be the next time we play. Yeah, I mean, you weren't, know, you,
0: weren't, weren't you guys rival rival schools? Oh, absolutely, Not, yeah. 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 So you're, you're, yeah. you're talking to a rival coach about what was what strategy discussed? And oh, stuff. yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and you guys, did, well, you guys well, didn't we, find this unusual? We would,
1: we would talk about what the, what, uh, the several days' workouts would be, what, he, what workouts he gave to you guys, and I would tell him what workouts I'd, I gave to my runners or my, you know, shot putters or whatever, and we would, we would share workouts.
0: But but as competitors, aren't aren't you giving away too many secrets uh, here in, in in these phone conversations? No, because
1: not really. Because the kids were going to perform. They they had the run. They had to perform. We weren't. You know, it it may have gave, given a little bit of an edge, but not much.
0: Yeah. How was on able to to balance his uh, competitive side with his benevolent side, where where he where he cared for anyone that he ever met or came across? Just those seem to be. <laughs> Different things that they don't often blend so well together, someone's competitiveness with with their compassion. how how was Don able to do that?
1: Uh, well, these guys can probably tell you that the boyer home was an open house. You could go any time of day or night to their house and and you could you know you could uh, uh, meet other <laughs> track runners that were already there or or um, and just sit down and talk with Don. And he'd share stories. He'd, he'd talk track, of course. Uh, and, and Sharon was there, and she'd be feeding you. And, <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was almost like a clubhouse in a way. And I, I'd be there a number of times, and there'd be four or five track athletes or cross-country runners that would be there, and they're just hanging out. And uh, they could go, and they could talk to them. They could get great advice on track and field or life.
0: Right. I was able to blend those two, Tom. And
2: same thing, just uh, what Hal was saying. Uh, it, it was like a family and stuff like that, and you could you would call both uh, Sharon and Don, uh, like your second parents and stuff like that. And and you could talk, to, you know, uh, if you wanted to, you could talk to them about anything. Right. You know, problems you might be having or whether it was just track and field. And if it was track and field, you could talk to Don for days on end. <laughs> It, 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 it was his favorite sport.
0: In, in your time at the at the Boyer household, were the discussions more about life in general or, or, or were they predominantly focused on, on track uh, and field? A little
2: bit of a combination of both, but I would say the older I got, it was, you know, more life and stuff like that in general. Sure. And stuff and what was going on in the world and that kind of stuff. Right. But uh, in the, be- you know, earlier days, it would have been more about track and field and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. 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 Dale, what's your take on Don's competitiveness versus his uh, benevolence? Well, when he uh,
3: was coaching a track meet and his athletes were out there competing, it might as well have been Don out there competing because he was. it was the same as if he was the person <laughs> in the event. Um, however, he appreciated a good performance from anybody on any team, and he would expre- express that. He was very eager to go up and congratulate an yeah. athlete from another team. He would shake hands with what was being talked about with scoring the meets and the – getting the information in different places, I'll bet that Hal and Don were probably more like, show me what you got, because they both had loaded teams. (laughs) And uh, from time to time, they would just have these exceptional teams and were very willing to just put them on the track and duke it out, not really trying to hide anything, I would think.
1: Uh, Another uh, part of that is that uh, Mm -hmm. Don when I was at Walkersville, coached my po- my pole vaulters, uh, and and I had a lot of experience coaching pole vaulters, but but he was he was the guru of, of pole vault coaching, and and uh, he he was an ex I would say he was an expert at every event at the weight events at the jumping events everything okay he was he was extremely knowledgeable and could teach technique of all of the events in a track meet which which is why Middletown was so strong because they had depth and, and they would score in a big meet. They would score in 15, 16, 17 events and win half of them. So, so that was kind of the trademark that he had, but he, um, he wasn't adverse to helping my pole vaulters. Uh, and, and he, he came over to Walkersville and, uh, there were a couple of finer points that I just just never learned that he knew. And, you know, he improved my pole vaulters by a foot, foot and a half, yeah. just, just helping
3: them out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dale, you uh, pole vaulted for, for Don. What did what, you learn?
3: Well, I learned that it takes time. <laughs> and he, he had a, a knack for uh, seeing an athlete that had never pole vaulted and seeing the pole vaulter in them he would convince them that they had uh, the ability to to do it and he would take them from scratch uh, to a number of state champion pole vaulters and uh, it it doesn't happen overnight and he knows how to take you from not even knowing how to carry the pole to you know 13 14 feet plus plus. and uh, so he he never rushed it and he never tried to throw too many details about the, uh, the sport technique, the event technique at you at one time. And uh, he'd slow you down sometimes. You know, you want to keep going in practice. Like, you know, I felt like I didn't do it. <laughs> almost <and> there. <laughs> yeah, almost got, almost got. But then he would know when to say, ah, we're getting tired. You know, come back tomorrow and uh, we'll pick it up again.
0: I'm curious, what made you want to try the pole vault? Well, it was probably just
3: being um, approached by Don and and him thinking that I would do well at it. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I ever really looked at the event and said, that's for me. Uh, track was kind of like an overall uh, interest of mine. My brother ran for uh, Don six years prior to myself. And um, that's how I came to know Don and Sharon, uh, my brother running for them. And the first thing I did related to the team is I was actually a manager and uh, got to know tommy in the, at that time because tommy was a senior at that time so a lot of other excellent runners so that kind of sucked me in i mean that was an outstanding time for track and field in middletown and uh who, who doesn't want to be a part of that
0: yeah why, why were don's teams always so big guys he was able to get the kids to come out for track and field it, uh,
2: one of his and i'm sure Hal had the same advantage uh he taught at the middle school but pre, in the beginning it was the high school He just roamed the hallways, man. And we didn't – fortunately – well, I was kind of disappointed. But uh, when I was uh, at school, we didn't have football. We didn't have lacrosse. So, like, the winter – you know, it was soccer and cross country. And then uh, track and baseball were pretty much your choices and stuff like that. And uh, so he just – Basically, he just recruited. He went up and down the hallways, at his gym classes, you know, if anybody showed any kind of talent. You know, he just said, if you don't, you know, come out and try. I think we can help you get interested and be good at something. And then uh, if not, you know, just that's it. He, he was just interested in them giving it a try and see what they could do instead of just doing nothing and stuff.
1: He took kids that would have been passed over, by football, by soccer, by the other sports. Uh, and, and he took, I would call average, in some cases, below average athletes. And, and he saw something in them, and, and he, would, he would give them as much attention, I'm sure, as he did any of his best athletes, and, and he didn't give up on them. He would, he would stay with them until they did find success. And sometimes it took until their senior year before it showed up, but he was so encouraging, and and knew how to develop kids so well that uh, uh, I thought the strength of their program was that they could beat people with. Uh, lesser athletes than, let's say, some of the bigger schools.
0: Right, and in track, of course, every place is important. The, the second place finishes, the third place finishes, those all represent points.
1: Absolutely, and Don really did emphasize that.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he was a champion of the, of the underdog, wasn't he? Yes, Al? indeed, yeah.
1: always. Yeah. Uh, to go back, if I could, uh, yeah, uh, sure. to, to what Dale was saying about the pole vault, and this goes to his benevolence, uh, a lot of times, of course, we were operating with limited budgets most of those years that I was coaching and uh, and if i if i had a pole vaulter uh, a successful pole vaulter that broke his pole well the first guy i called was don and, and we, <laughs> we we would share poles so so if he had a a pole that was the weight of my uh and he wasn't using it then then we'd share yeah and and uh he did that a number of times we we shared Poles. Yeah.
0: Uh, uh Dale when 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 Don asked you to try the pole vault did you think he was crazy or were, were were you were you apprehensive at first or was that an event you dove right into?
3: I guess I just dove right into it. Maybe I wasn't smart enough to be <laughs> um hesitant, but it it all worked out. I um, have no regrets and um served me well. Uh, there were other events that you know he he approached me for later to give a try to and um, It just it all worked out. There was no regrets for any event I ever tried, and I I would have to say the pole vault was probably the most fun. It does seem to be a little bit of the glamour sport, you know. It's it's
0: dangerous too, isn't it? (laughs) Can be. Yeah. Can be. Right, and 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 Don's legacy in the pole vault, especially in Frederick County, lives on to this day because at most state track meets, as you guys know, you often see three or four Frederick County kids Mm -hmm. win win state titles. I mean, Frederick County still dominates. The pole vault and Don really fought to keep the pole vault as a state sport. Anyhow, right.
1: yes, he did. I, I was on the uh, state track committee uh, at the time that they were considering dropping the pole vault because half of the counties, uh, some of the influential counties, uh, uh, didn't uh, didn't have pole vaulters, uh, and they just never focused on it. And maybe they didn't have the money to buy pits or whatever. Um, but uh, he really championed the pole vault, and and he uh, made a presentation uh, to the committee, and um, and basically sold them on continuing the pole vault, so, uh, because uh, you know it was, it was an important event in in uh, most uh, most meets. Uh, a lot of times, in close meets, it came down. That was the very last event mm-hmm. because uh, of of the schedule, and uh, a lot of times pole vault people would be finished the track meet. And the pole vault was still going on, and that would determine the winning winner of the meet.
0: Yeah. Uh, Don's uh, bread and butter event was was the distance running events. I mean, Don was a distance runner uh, at Frederick High School
1: quarter miler. Uh, uh, quarter half uh, miler. Yeah, quarter, and quarter and a
0: half. Miler. Miler. Yeah. Uh, right. And then he went on to run at the University of Maryland, too. And he had such an internal clock that he knew his pace in his head like like he would he would admonish sharon for timing him wrong <laughs> uh because he had the, he had the pace in his head yeah. uh, tom is that a, i mean this yeah. is this is your uh, area of expertise is that is that an easy thing to do keep the uh, pace in your head well
2: once again that was one of the things i for myself i i always could do that myself too i mean like i, I could go out and run a mile and i could usually tell you probably within five ten seconds at the most of what i mean and I could run three different ones and probably do the same thing but it but it was pretty much like that was one of the things that he really told you to concentrate on when you did your intervals and stuff like that let your body feel like you know you know if you're doing a 75 second actually see what that's you know what that's like but then if you're picking up the pace always just you know monitor upside in your head what you what you are doing and everything and the more you did it you could actually you know Judge your body and uh, push yourself to that to that limit and stuff like that as well.
0: Y- yeah, Don. Uh, uh, less than a year out of college, he had his first head coaching job at, 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 at Thomas Johnson High mm-hmm. School, and uh, then Middletown sort of ha- ha- had a sudden opening because because their coach at the time, yeah. um, Fraser, uh, I yeah. uh, had a military obligation uh, he had to fulfill, so he had to leave. So so Middletown was suddenly without a tra- <laughs> track and a, a, a cross country mm-hmm. coach. And uh, the late great uh, Ron Engel, uh, who Don had met at TJ, um, recommended uh, to the principal at the time, right. "Hey, hey uh, talk to Don Boyer and see if he's interested in this job." And, and he actually coached. And I believe it was the fall of '67. He coached the track, the, the, excuse me, the cross country teams at Middletown. And Man. I, I, Man. can you imagine doing anything <laughs> like that in this day and age? Coaching yeah. two teams. That's, uh, yeah,
2: that would have been interesting to see. Uh, I that one I never even brought up how he got the teams to get you know what i'm saying because they are kind of far away and when you get right out of school that's when practice starts so I, I never really for some reason never asked him did he coach one one team one day and the other team another day and then tell them to run on their own or something like but, that but, but I, I mean no you idea. guys know, you guys know the but, commitment
0: of just coaching one team Oh yeah and, but and, and, most and t- definitely right yeah and
2: and i think uh uh, I can't remember how many, but I, I think he did have some individual state champions from both teams that year. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I believe the story was they rode the bus to, to the state meet so together, together. Mm-hmm. because cause, cause both teams made the state yeah. meet. I mean, mm-hmm. it was remarkable. He had two teams mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, uh, running at um, states. So, And then uh, after that one fall, Don came over to Middletown full time because yeah. he wasn't able to do. <laughs> yeah, no, no one could sustain the, 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 the two jobs at once. And then... Uh, so he was the track and cross country coach at Middletown in the late '60s, and then in the early '70s, two talented kids came in the program. Their names were uh, Dave Schaefer and Tom Stevens, mm-hmm. and and that sort of really helped get the ball rolling up for the Middletown track program, right? Are you, are you yeah. taking credit for some of that, Tom? Uh, or?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we were very fortunate that year. Uh, Dave and I might be the most notable, but we had we had five five guys our senior class and. Uh, uh they were all very talented just like you said we spread it out uh the one was uh i mean on the cross-country team all five guys were on there but two of them were quarter milers and half milers and and uh, dave was like the middle distance he ran a mile went down and then back in those days that's all you could run was the 3200 you couldn't you know like our guys triple and quadruple and, and, and stuff like that. That's so I was stu- I was the one that got stuck in the
0: two mile. And you, and you guys were running on cinder tracks, right? Uh,
2: actually, Frederick was the only one. But it was I, I would have preferred running on Frederick because it was like a, a road. Our, I don't know how TJ's. I couldn't remember. Yours was a little bit better than Middletown's, but you—you you it was, would have been just like being out on uh, 70 and stuff like that. That's what Middletown's track and Most of the tracks in those days, that's all it was, was asphalt. There was nothing inside. So
0: not the synthetic uh, rubber yeah, that, no, they, that no. they use today. Yeah, it's yeah. much more forgiving.
1: Westminster yeah. was like running uh, on high yeah. 70. I mean, it was hard and as a rock.
2: And that's how I thought ours was. I, I, I enjoyed running over at Frederick that's theirs was a cinder track
0: right so a little more give uh, Mm -hmm. to the the surface there so how would you say don really influenced your running career tom
2: well like i had said before uh, i moved here at the end of eighth grade and stuff like that so i didn't know anything about running i had no idea and once again if i had stayed where i was living i'd have played football and, then, or, and even though I wasn't that big, I, I loved the sport and basketball or wrestling. And then I was a baseball player and stuff like that. So. But uh, they had those intramurals and stuff like that. And I ended up uh, beating the, one of our best uh, half-milers that in, in the intramural school in your homeroom stuff. So, just like everybody else, man, next thing you know, he was on me every day at gym class, uh, phys ed class. What
0: well, What would he say to you?
2: Oh, just anything. Oh, you could you could be one of the best, Tom. Come on. You can do it. Just come on out. Come on out for track. <laughs> Is, that, that what he
0: said? Is that what he said to everyone? Be, some, some kind of a spiel. You could be one of the best. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And, uh, right. But he was, uh, I mean, he was into it and he got you into it, motivated you and stuff like that, just got you pumped up. So, uh, And once again, that was. Uh, that was, so I didn't know about cross country, but I did, uh, my freshman year, I came out for track and stuff. And that was all she wrote, man, it was just, uh, every year we just got uh, better and better. And uh, the other, uh, Mark Pearl, Earl Palmer, Wayne Zimmerman, and the other one you mentioned, Dave Schaefer, During the summers and stuff, that was uh, our, in between our sophomore and our junior and senior years, even during the summer. I don't know that there were that many people in Frederick County that used to do, but we would go out and run, even after working, like Dave worked on the farm. I worked construction, and everybody else had, like, hard labor jobs. And yet we used to meet up in the evenings, you know, four or five times a week.
0: Did you run for Don, too,
3: Dale? Yes, was, yes. He was oh, well,
0: what were your events?
3: Uh, I did uh, – sometimes it seems like I did what was needed. <laughs> 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 um, pretty much always pole vaulting, um, quarter mile, 400 meters – was typically a, a race I would always run. I might run anything from a 4x1 relay as well, 4x2, 4x4. Four four. Uh, I only ever ran 4x8 uh, one time when he was trying to get me in shape Ever have, after having been out for a little bit. But uh, long jump, um, intermediate hurdles. So it did depend on what was coming up in the meet. But I, I'd say by the time I was senior, I was going to be doing uh, the 400 meters, intermediate hurdles, long jump, pole vault.
0: Okay. Uh, throughout his, uh, 50 year coaching career, Don had a p- great partner right by his side mm-hmm. and that, and that was his wife, uh, Sharon. Just h- how did Sharon make it all happen there? How, how, to, how did she influence Don?
1: Well, I've, I believe it all started from the standpoint that, um, uh, Don would do the coaching. He'd set the workouts, uh, and, and he, he Worked on the techniques. He knew the techniques, and and Sharon was the organizer. So so Sharon at the meets, she would she would run the press box and th- the scoring and all of that, uh, and um, and and she did that for for a number of years, uh, and then at some point uh, the girls cross country coach uh, stepped down, resigned or whatever. Uh, and uh, there wasn't anybody to, to fill the void. Uh, I think Don actually coached both teams
2: maybe for a year or two. Uh, I wasn't around and when that was going on. Yeah,
1: and, and, then, and then Sharon went ahead and uh, I took the girls program. And, um,
0: uh, but, and she did well with it too. Oh, yeah, absolutely, fairly, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So he would set the workouts uh, because I mean, that, was, that was his strength um but uh, she was a great organizer um sh- she was really good at at um uh, uh, at just working with kids she was uh, uh very understanding with with that age group and uh was was really um almost like the uh, team psychologist <laughs> so, so uh,
0: in, in what way she would like pump a kid up that was maybe feeling down well, or something like well,
1: that or I, I hesitate to say that sometimes they played good cop, bad cop, mm-hmm. but uh, sh- she mostly came down as the good cop. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. So, so Don would maybe uh, have some tough, some tough yeah. advice, and then Sharon would yeah. come in with a pat on the back yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So They yeah. worked
1: well together with that.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like Don could have done what, everything that he did without Sharon right Absolutely by Absolutely not. Yeah. You know,
1: she was terrific. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, even
2: after she was done coaching – then she even put more of an emphasis, like you said, the organizing, and that's when things started switching over to computers and everything. That was one thing Don never did pick up. <laughs> so she would set up all the meets and same thing, like, like you're saying, how you guys used to talk about this team has this and this. And she would look up, you know, results of meets and lay it all out to help him figure out what they needed to do in that next meet when they came up against each team and stuff like that did
0: don have a smartphone did he have an iphone or anything like that he, he had a
2: phone but uh, to tell you the truth half the time he, he wouldn't he wouldn't even pick it up he says how do you how do you turn this thing on right <laughs> he'd hear it ringing and he'd have to get sharon to come over and
0: how <laughs> uh, just pulled out his flip phone so 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 so, so, uh, so uh, i don't mean to date you there Hal, but, but, but but i'm sure don don had a might have had a flip phone too
1: well see, I copied everything Don did so. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right
0: um, what what what's your favorite Don story
1: uh let's see a favorite Don story um, well to to me uh we talked about his competitiveness earlier, but um my my favorite story uh is that um, uh he was he He had already started um, going blind, so he was probably about eighty percent blind
0: yeah give, give and, us a little background there how, how did that condition sort of develop
1: w- well uh when he was uh young uh i think uh, he had developed uh, histoplasmosis and um so it, it i think that's what affected his eyesight not the uh lose uh, syndrome um but uh he, he, he had lost his eyesight. He, he loved to compete, even as a master, so so uh, and we talk about his competitiveness. well, he, he biked across the country. Uh, he st- started out on the west coast, put his foot in the uh, Pacific Ocean, got on his bike. He had a partner, a uh, t- travel partner for a while.
0: Um, just by himself, he, it, it, was, yeah. it was a part of an event, or No just
1: him and one other guy. yeah, and, and he just it was a challenge he wanted to do. And uh, so he made it all the way to Ocean City, put his foot in the Atlantic. So, you know, and it was a lot of hardship along the way mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of times they had to sleep out. Uh, a lot of times they were biking on roads that, uh, you know, where trucks would come by and, and really drive them off the road. And uh, so he had a number of biking accidents on along the way. But, uh, but he made it. Um, but... To, to emphasize his competitiveness, he was he was running in uh, I think it was maybe three years ago uh, in a two hundred meter race, and he's eighty percent blind. Uh, so uh, I think he had somebody that ran alongside of him, and so that he could he could feel where they were. But uh, he, he he won a race two hundred meters, <laughs> uh, and you know and he couldn't even see. So, yeah, that's it's pretty remarkable.
0: Tom, do you have a favorite one, either a personal one or just one you've heard that 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 uh, you are particularly fond of?
2: Uh, I was just trying to think of a couple different things. Uh, there was uh, once again uh, how, how Dale was talking earlier. How you know, like uh, even when the kids were out there, you almost Don got so involved, you it was almost like he was running. Uh, he used to give us the rah you know, speeches and everything when we were in high school and everything. And uh, so he was trying to get us motivated and everything and telling us to be focused on what we're doing and uh, telling us not to get too nervous, not to get too nervous. And this was at our, uh, that w- would have been like my freshman or sophomore year at the uh, region meet. Uh, and after he gave us a speech and everything, it wasn't like two minutes, it was just like a couple minutes before the meet was getting ready to start. He got so worked up that he was over in the corner throwing up and stuff like that, <laughs> so it was like you know like none of the kids are you know they're all casual and everything after he tells us to be focused and everything and he he was the one that was getting so worked up that he was the one that was uh losing it so it was just kind of funny watching him
3: do that. We had a good laugh about that.
0: How about you, Dale favorite uh story about Don?
3: Well, there's one story that he I've heard him tell more than once. And I hope I'm not going to uh, upset anybody (laughs) by sharing it. But back in his uh, days at Maryland, uh, he had a pretty close-knit group of uh, teammates that did things off-campus, let's say. And um, one of the guys thought it was a good idea to take a piece of a broken pole from Pole Vault and go into a movie theater. And I'm sure he remembers what the movie was, but I I don't from the story. But at any rate, they're sitting there watching a movie, and they started – using that piece of a pole to make sounds in the theater until the point where somebody got so upset whether they had to run out of the movie theater and run, <laughs> run down through D.C. to try and get away from, uh, I think, either a security uh, officer or police officer. And uh, so, you know, they, they did the college guys doing things to amuse themselves when they're not at track practice or not in class. He, he really got a kick out of telling that story uh, about him and his teammates. Cause nobody because nobody could catch him because they were all like Division One, uh, Division One quarter mileers. <laughs>
0: uh, Don enjoyed getting a rise out of people, didn't he? Uh,
1: yeah, somewhat. Uh, it, he uh, he did a really good job of um, uh, get, getting. Uh, well, he he would be talking to you about um, uh, you know some event, and uh, and at least with me. Uh, you know, he would he would uh, maybe exaggerate performances so that it, so that it would uh, you know get me to worry about oh we're going to have trouble in this event you know so so he did a little bit of that um, but th- th- if I can there's there's two other uh, aspects of his life that uh, we haven't touched on yet go ahead and, yeah and and one is he was uh, uh, an avid reader about anything that had to do with the Olympics. Uh, you could ask him who, who won the 100 meters in the 1924 Olympics, and it, he could rattle it off. I mean, he he knew all the place winners in track and field in the Olympics for the history of the Olympics. So he was really caught up in in the Olympics. Uh, and he and Sharon went to Greece uh, probably about 20 years ago or 25 years ago, and and he actually uh, went to the ruins of the Olympic Stadium in, um, in Greece. And, and he was sitting there, and he had his track shoes. And, and uh, there was a, a big sign there saying, stay off, the, you know, you, you could stay in the, these stands, but you can't go down on the, on the lower level where the field was. Uh, so uh, whoever was the guard there or whoever was in charge there had maybe gone to the bathroom, he put the shoes on, he was down on the track, and he ran 100 meters <laughs> on, the, uh, on that uh, original Olympic track.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's fantastic. And
1: the other thing was um, his Russian connection. Um, uh, I guess it was after um, there was um, a Pangea meet, uh, uh, probably back in the 80s, Where Russian athletes came to the to the uh, U.S. to compete, they were the uh, 18 and under team, and um, so they they uh, they stayed in the Frederick County area, and I think they were put up by different uh, different people, and uh, of course a bunch of them stayed at Middletown, and uh, Don and Sharon hosted a couple of them, Uh, and oh, Don and Sharon hosted the coaches, and so they got close to these. Russian coaches or then it was the Soviet Union and and uh, uh, they, they developed this friendship and they made a number of trips to uh, Russia they took Middletown kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. actually well I think there f-
3: was yeah times, right? Right. Didn't One, you Dale? I went once with once? my with my son yes
1: yeah and and they were um, uh, not only Middletown kids but they were kids from the county uh, and their parents and they and they, uh, they went over and competed in Russia and toured Russia. And uh, and uh, then they took uh, just a tour group uh, over to uh, Russia. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that was that was interesting that he had that that connection with them, and they're they're still friends to this day. They still communicate.
0: Yeah, uh, Don and Sharon had two uh, children, uh, Donna and uh, Monty, who uh, were good athletes themselves. I believe they were they were state champion. Athletes themselves, And it's almost like they didn't have a, ch- a, j- a choice uh, growing up in that household. They were they were going to be track and field athletes. There right. was no other sport, uh, right?
1: <laughs> well, Monty wanted to run. Donna was not so sure. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so she might have been coerced a bit, but uh, uh, what was it,
0: it like watching the boy or children grow up there, Hal? Uh, it,
1: it was it was neat because uh, 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 we used to. You well, know, we went camping with them and. And uh, you know we were always at one another's houses, and uh, so it, it was it was neat to see them uh, grow up. And of course, they they were you know, great kids, uh, and uh, of course they've developed into to really uh, fine adults. But um, uh, Monty was uh, uh, I don't know if you could say he was as talented a runner as as Don was, but uh, but he was he was pretty doggone good um and he he could run everything from probably 200 meters up to 6 he probably ran some 1600 meters too but he he, he ran and a cr- he, uh, he
2: ran cross country yeah
1: so. yeah mm-hmm. uh so he ran all three seasons and, and and uh Donna um wound up uh being on a 4 by 200 state champion team um but uh they, they were uh they were great kids and are great adults now.
0: Yeah. Uh, wh- when did Don's health sort of really start to go into decline? When when, when did you notice that he kind of wasn't himself anymore?
1: Probably about five or six years ago. Uh, right. Right. Around you the started, time he was diagnosed with the dementia yeah, and and, or, and, yeah. and his eyesight had started to go bad at that point. Um, and uh, it, the 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 uh, dementia. Uh, probably there was a, a drop off, probably about a year ago, uh, where where he really started. It really started the show with with uh, a little bit of his memory. Sometimes we would we would go to lunch or go to dinner together, and and he would be as sharp as ever, and he he uh, was like he was in his 50s or like he was in his 40s. Um, but then other times he'd be quiet, wouldn't say anything. Uh, And if you asked him something, he would respond, but he really was like uh, too tired and too, um, uh, I don't know whether he was in much pain or not, but it just seemed like uh, he, uh, he wasn't really focused on what you're saying.
0: And, and Tom, you coach coached with the Mid- Middletown for a number of years. Uh, th- th- did you notice uh, a, a, any real difference in the in the past couple of years?
2: Uh, yeah, and and I w- Dale, would you say it was maybe like the last two years of his coaching was where you actually just start? It w- you know, it w- wasn't. If you spent time around him, I would say a lot of people didn't pick up on that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, there were things that you would you would notice. You know, like you said. And I think uh, it, it, the losing of his eyesight even more, the, even those last two years, he was having difficulty seeing things and everything. Right. Um, so, uh, but, uh, I, uh, and just like Hal said, but the the biggest thing was probably like the past year, year and a half and everything where he was even just having difficulty getting around and, and stuff like that. And then just. Same thing, just responding back and forth. He'd be with you, and then he wouldn't be, and everything kind of focus in and focus out.
1: And through all of this, uh, Sharon was uh, like an angel. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was, you know, she she did basically everything for him, and uh, was with him twenty four hours, twenty four seven, exactly. And uh, and you know that that's that's hard on the spouse when when uh, you know the conditions are like. They were,
2: and and you see that your loved one, fading away from you little by little, piece yeah. by piece.
0: It, it's sort of ironic that his mind is what got him right, because this was a guy whose mind was his one of his greatest assets. I mean, Tom, he could remember split times probably but, uh, from, from your he, high school he knew, days. He knew he knew my yeah.
2: times better uh, than I did to tell you the truth, and uh, to to uh, even a couple years ago, I know uh, he and Dave Schaefer argued about. <laughs> one of his mile times and everything. It was like a second. Dif- one said it was one thing and one, but it was a second difference. So, I think they finally went to the results and I think Don was right. <laughs> but yeah, and, but it wasn't just uh, uh, same thing. Like we were speaking earlier. There, if you know, even like the middle of the road or some of the, you know his not so talented runners. Yeah,
0: he he, he, he would times. remember. Yeah. You know,
2: like. Pole, his pole vaults the jumps you know long jumps with the kid high jump you know he would just oh yeah you you ran for me uh this year I, I've, I've been coaching for close to since 97 but to tell you the truth when i see students back from there i have to sit and stare at them for <laughs> 10 minutes before the name pops up to, to me. remember their name yeah right. but he i mean same thing uh before the like you know the last couple of years or something like that someone walked up to him and he would just look at him and it would be like boom hey you know and just he and he could go back to the years that they he was uh, coaching them and stuff like that it was it was amazing
0: yeah so so it's amazing isn't it crazy that that's what got him mm-hmm. how his mind one of one of his greatest strengths <laughs>
1: yeah that is kind of ironic um but um you know, there were even uh periods uh, in the last uh, few months, where where uh, you know I I thought he was he was still he still could remember some 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 things that you wouldn't expect him to. Well, you gave me and, a
0: great example on Saturday. You, you, you saw him on Saturday and, and tell tell a story about uh, the the handshake. Well,
1: that was, well it was the previous Sunday. Or excuse yeah, me, yeah now. yeah the previous uh, uh, Sunday before he passed away, uh, I was there and we we had a. A kind of a ritual that we had uh when whenever we got together that we would shake hands and and we would squeeze as hard as we could until one of the two of us gave up and uh so we we've done that for decades <laughs> and uh so uh when i was getting ready to leave uh on uh, two sundays ago um i uh i leaned over to him and, and i said uh all right, it's time for a, I got to leave. It's time for a handshake. So he reached right out and grabbed my hand and squeezed it as hard as he could. So uh so uh, you know I knew he he had uh, grasped what I was talking about.
0: But you had to let him win though. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> but it was right. a pretty
1: strong grip. I I, I was
0: surprised. Right. Uh you wrote out uh, several things on your paper, and I and I, I want to make sure we touch on them. Were, were, were there any big things that we that we missed uh, so far, or uh, I just wanted to make sure we um, hit hit all the uh, high points. I'm,
1: so. I'm I'm looking at my cheat sheet, like the one I used in high school. Yeah. Um, not I think I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I would just mention that. That um, being a a, a a track coach opponent, uh, he was always, uh, at least with me, uh, he he was always helping. Uh, uh, I I think one of the the things that I admired the most about him was that it was never about him and what he accomplished. It was all about his kids and what they accomplished. And uh, that's you know, that says something about his character and what he was all about. He was all about the kids.
0: Right. Well, what, was it sort of tough visiting with him uh, and sort of seeing him in the state that he that he was in uh, or, uh, in, in recent Absolutely,
1: yeah. because we'd done so many things over the years together. And
0: Yeah, you guys would ring in the new year together, and, and he yeah. was one of your closest friends, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: absolutely for – 25, 30 years or so. Well, I think my wife said it was 35 years uh, in a row that we have, uh, you know, s- spent New Year's Eve together. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, you're all coaches or, or, or have coached uh, before. How did – what was the biggest influence that Don had on each of your coaching careers, would you say? Tom?
2: <laughs> well, that was uh, – I had just uh, – I had worked for a bunch of companies and stuff like that, so I had just moved back in 97. And for some reason, that was uh, Don. I had heard that he hadn't had any assistance and stuff like that, so I just went up to the track. He just opened arms and welcomed me in, and and same thing. Uh, He gave me the distance, kids, and just let me do my thing. But, you know, every day we would sit down and go over kind of things. And, you know, like you said, he would, you know, say, you know, this is how he used to approach it. And, you know, so he mentored me there that way and everything but uh and same thing uh there was always questions but even like when we were setting up the meets and everything if I wanted someone to run there it it wasn't it didn't always go my way but he was willing to listen and let me explain why I wanted that person boy to run that and stuff like that and and then but basically same thing he would just explain to me back you know well I, I think this is where we'll Get, get a, you know more out of a particular person and that kind of stuff, so it was just it, it was just once again just not worrying about just the best kids uh, I, I always picked thought that was one of the biggest things I learned from them is you know it what um, it, wa- it wasn't just about winning it, it was Don was very much you know the team oriented guy you know just like community and everything else the team was a community to him as well, and he wanted everybody. To get along and uh, uh, not you didn't have to be best friends or anything but treat each other the way you wanted to be treated
0: yeah uh, Dale the biggest uh, influence Don had on you was
3: well I'd say uh, as an athlete of his uh, if you paid attention at all you're you're going to learn not only about your events but you're going to learn about how to carry yourself how to conduct yourself you know, a lot of right and wrong way to do things, not just on the track. And, um, I ended up coaching because Don called me and asked me if I was interested in coaching, had never done it before. And I immediately thought, wow, that would be great. Uh, I thought he needed an assistant coach for the boys. And I said, sure, that sounds great. And he said, well, the girls need a coach. I was like, oops, I already said yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't know about coaching girls you know I I was oriented towards coaching guys and uh, turns out it had a great I had a great time Uh, Donna was actually on that team um, as one of the runners for me and I enjoyed it so much that while that didn't continue I came back and ended up coaching some uh, aau type they had the uh, night striders club that they I think probably founded got off the ground Mm -hmm. became very very popular Uh, helped coach with that helped coach uh, later on with other uh, boys track teams and um, never really sought out to be a head coach again but still when I did that I certainly would use Don as a resource because why wouldn't you you know about making up workouts uh, relay setups that sort of thing but uh, so that's he actually was it was a phone call from Don that got me started in the coaching but I also wanted to touch on something that I've been sitting here trying to remember the young athlete's name. We were talking about how Don wouldn't um, wouldn't t- say to an athlete or to somebody that, you know, maybe you're not right to be um, a track athlete or a cross-country runner. He would take anybody that, that was willing to try. And a young man who was actually disabled. He had one leg that was not as developed as the other. I'm not quite sure what his... Uh, situation was but you could tell when he walked he had a limp when he ran he had an odd odd gait and i believe that jimmy man, harris was that is, uh, that does, yeah that sounds right he became a state champion in the high jump and he got a
2: uh he went to vmi correct and i think he did that very well down there That sounds right
0: y- you were injured doing the pole vault once uh, and, and how did don react to that injury
3: well i think he was kind of shook up at first um you yeah, know I don't, I don't know. I'm sure he had other guys that had injuries. But it was a, kind of a one-on-one Saturday practice, and it happened, and we really didn't know.
0: Yeah, what would you do?
3: I was probably using a pole that was uh, a little light for me. And uh, when it bent more than I expected, I just lost control over it, of it and uh, landed awkwardly on the pit. And so I was out for a little while, but Don and Sharon both visited my house. And that's another kind of cute story. They, uh, they brought me a wig because I had to have my head shaved, and uh, in high school, that is kind of a traumatic thing. Back in those days, nobody had short haircuts. They all had pretty long hair, and I was one of them, and they also brought me seven hats, one hat for every day of the week, and uh, so it, it was something that I think Don um, really felt uh, emotional about at that time, and uh, we never really talked about it too much after that. It came up Occasionally, I came back onto the team uh, after I recovered, and and uh, just continued to compete. That was as a tenth grader, so my junior and senior year, uh, just continued on like like it never happened. Yeah.
0: And then when one of his other athletes, Matt Kepler, uh, suffered a skateboarding accident yes. and was right. confined to a wheelchair and was struggling with some brain issues, yeah. Don was a regular at his home as well. Don so, and Sharon, yeah. yeah, they
2: were there. I mean. They were right there and uh, tried to help in any way they could.
0: Right? Uh, how? Uh, I mean, as a guy that grew up coaching track and field with Don, what, what was the biggest ways he influenced you? Uh,
1: I would say that that his philosophy of of working with every kid and every kid had value and every kid uh, was worthwhile. And and uh, and. I, I had been by the time that I'd met him, I'd been coaching for three or four years, uh, football and uh, a track down at uh, in Anne Arundel County, and uh, and we had a couple of state championship teams, and we had some really great athletes. So I, I was kind of used to focusing on kids that were going to be state champions, uh, and and we had a bunch of them at Arundel when I was there, but. Uh, uh, uh when I when I got up here uh and I and I saw the success that he had uh and the way he built his teams and uh I I said, you know what, uh that's that's a pretty doggone good philosophy to have because you're a teacher of every you're a teacher and coach of every kid on your team, not just not just the gifted ones. And um and so I, I tried to Incorporate that in my own coaching philosophy uh a- after that
0: right you, you you called him Mr. Middletown I mean he and Sharon were such fixtures in the community I mean they knew everyone and everyone knew them sort of just sort of describe that dynamic if you could
1: <laughs> well uh it, it, if ever you needed to know uh what person to call or what company to call in middletown or uh, actually probably all over Frederick County. Uh you just call Sharon and Sharon she knows everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, she can tell you uh who uh who to call. Um and uh but but th- they were so intertwined with the community from the standpoint that that they knew the parents, uh they were comfortable with the parents, they were You know, very friendly with uh, with uh, the uh, Middletown folks, and uh, uh, and of course with the kids coming to their house a lot of times. That they they were in tune with what was happening in the community, and uh, uh, I, I don't know that there have been too many coaches in Frederick County that have that had that comfort level within the community. And, when, and of course, uh, there have been several retirement events for Don uh, over the last, you know, num- well, 10 years or so. And, um, and the turnout that he always gets of former athletes that come back and, and the testimonials that they give uh, just lets you know how loved he is by the community and so many people, not just the athletes but their parents, uh, and I'll, I'll give you an example, uh, I, I, my, I had a, f- a friend of uh, my wife uh, where, where she worked um, that uh, didn't know anything uh, at all about uh, Don un- until um, one time we were at a party together and, and we, were, we were talking about track. And uh, he said, well, I read about this Don Boyer. Can you tell me something about Don Boyer? So uh, it turned out that that uh, we had another uh, get-together, and uh, this guy had to meet Don. He had to find out more about Don. And then uh, at that point, he he wanted, even though he wasn't connected to Middletown, he just wanted to go to Don's house, sit down for an afternoon, and just talk with him. Because he was so impressed with, with uh, you know his demeanor and his knowledge and and uh, what a good person he was.
0: Yeah. Uh, over over the course of uh, fifty years uh, coaching track and field at Middletown High School, uh, these numbers some of them might be ballpark, but I believe seventy-six individual state champions, uh, eighteen uh, team state champions in track and field. I think uh, ten uh, in, in in cross country. Over over five thousand athletes coached. The the track uh, at Middletown was dedicated to uh, to he and uh, Sharon in in 2015. Uh, The the Don Boyer Invitational uh, is an annual meet at Middletown Uh, that uh, was dedicated by his seniors, I believe, around 2005 or 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 thereabouts. So. Um, so he has a meet uh, named after him, the tracks dedicated to him, just just, uh, 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 just an amazing man and uh, amazing impact. I mean, few people could have this sort of impact in, in one community, it seems. Uh, how? what can you tell us about any sort of service or any, any sort of remembrance that they're going to do for Don? Uh, the
1: the um, funeral service is going to be at uh, Bassford Keeney. Uh, funeral home, and uh, uh, do you know the date and time? Uh, it's going to be on the twenty Saturday, the twenty seventh yeah, of July, eleven o'clock, and eleven o'clock Saturday,
0: July twenty seventh, at, at o'clock. eleven o'clock uh, at Kinney and or, uh, yeah Yes, yeah. okay,
1: and and then uh, there'll be a um, a celebration of life event at three o'clock at the uh, fire. Auxiliary building mm-hmm. uh, the, the or comu- same, community building. Still on the still on the twenty seventh at, at Middletown. Yes, okay. on the twenty seventh.
0: Yeah. So the twenty seventh yeah. so is the big day where where yeah. uh, yes. uh, everything is happening. Yeah. So. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, it was great. It was great remembering the life and uh, career of uh, Don Boyer, uh, Hal Graw Tom Stevens, uh, Dale Drum. Guys, thanks so much, and thanks to all of you for listening to this uh, episode of the Final Score Podcast. My thanks to uh, Graham Collin uh, for for uh, producing. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department, and we will see you back here next week.